Here at Mountain Dew, it's easy to tell who really loves the outdoors. For one thing, there's the rack on your car and the hitch on the back of your truck. There's your garage full of toys, from dirt bikes to wakeboards. And there's your cooler full of Mountain Dew, always at the ready. Because when it's time to get out there, you know, climb into your deer stand or your fishing boat, a cooler of ice-cold Mountain Dew, that's as important a piece of outdoor gear as your spinning rod or your four-wheeler. Mountain Dew. Get out and do. This is WWE Hall of Famer, The Think, Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Nerd Coalition. Welcome to No Gimmicks Needed. Yes! 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 If you can survive, if I let you. You have to be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! The kids do big that sucker! Do I have everybody's attention now? Yeah, here you see him, Punk. Welcome back to the No Gimmicks Needed Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Andy, and joining me is my co-host, the man, the myth, the revolutionary, Q-Flow, Florida Rookie. Are here. I really don't need to be a revolutionary right now. Ain't nothing, uh, nothing crazy been going on. Okay, but you so, still you know, as far as as far as you know the allegation. Exactly, you're right. But you know, you still the reality though. Oh so, yeah. Hey, like, like I said, for people out there, hey, I know things starting to cool down because we in July, but the revolution is not dead and it will not be televised. Okay, Wait. so yeah, we out here, we we still fight because I first. I heard something in the news that we didn't shut down another highway yesterday. I was just like, oh, so we still going. I didn't notice. Yeah, I ain't. I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. You know what it is? You're not uh, you're not recording them. Like any any protest or whatever that's going on, they're not being recorded. Uh-huh. So I don't Yeah, I have no clue what's going on. Oh, yeah, but, uh, but it, they uh, still be out there, you know, causing shit. So, yeah. But we are back here for another wrestling podcast this week and yes he was right we, we don't you know have allegations to talk about this week we you know uh we, we just you know it's, it's kind of like a calm a more calmer week in wrestling this week and that's how my approach to the show is going to be i want to apologize to everybody out there listening also i did not do a review on raw last week or smackdown last week because one, the, the, the SmackDown episode was like a tribute to The Undertaker. So it was kind of like a house show on SmackDown. So I really didn't need to be invested in that. I was like, I, I have seen Undertaker last ride. I've seen, done this all this Undertaker stuff. I'm like, I'm not going to come on SmackDown to talk more about The Undertaker when I talked about him already on the podcast. So I let that one go. Raw things got, got a little ahead of me. And I was just like, by the time I got any time to, re, uh, to go watch Raw and then do a review on it, it's way too late anyway. And I was like, everybody cares about the Wednesday Night War stuff. So I was like, so I'm just going to pass on to I meant to put something up on Twitter and IG, and I didn't get you to do it. And I meant to put something on Community Tab and YouTube. I didn't get to it, so I do apologize for that. So that's why it hasn't been. But I do plan on doing uh, the Raw review. By the time I'm recording this, the Raw review had just passed, and then SmackDown from uh, this past Friday, right before the 4th of July. So I plan on doing that. Uh, make sure I also... Uh, hope you guys had a very safe 4th of July. You know, I'm, I, depending on where you are, you probably heard fireworks all night like everybody else did. 
but mm-hmm. still be safe. You know, stay hey, well. Yeah, you see that thunderstorm shut them up tonight, though. It did. Oh, it shut them up tonight, and you know, what I'm saying like keep them off them beaches for right now, because you know, Jersey, you know, not that far from us, was already just loaded on the beach. Mm-hmm. I was just like, God, y'all too close Florida, for this. Florida had four. 40,000 cases for four days. That's That's crazy. 40,000 cases four days. They said total total of 200,000 cases. Why can't y'all stay y'all asses at home? That's that's crazy. Like I said, I hope Prime is out there doing all right now. Prime's out on the show today. It's not because he has it. I talked to him earlier. He's cool. But I'm saying, but... uh. No, he's on the show, but he's down there in Florida. And I'm just like, my God. It's like, it, it's it's the episode of that in Texas, man. They, they just been getting hit hard. And once again, it's just it's just recycling because everybody keeps traveling. Everybody keeps, you know, just not doing the, the very simple things that they need to do. And we're going to be back right back in square one like we were in March. Got to shut all this shit down again. And then once again. No, no. Yeah, I heard. We're already like, I heard like. A bunch of uh, cities is already back on the restart. Yeah, back on. The, I mean, you might as well do it now before it gets even worse. So I might you might as well start now. Go back to what you was doing. Keep uh, certain things, you know, uh, straight, and so we can you know, get get back onto it. Which means I don't know how WWE and AEW are even functioning down there in Florida right now. Don't even know how. And I, I, I understand AEW is being safe with it, but. They in they in the heart of Florida right now, and I'm just like, it's that's a scary that's a scary time to be there. I do not want to be down there in Florida right now, just like I didn't want to be in New York in March or Philly in April, and I live here. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, before also speaking of Philly, we gotta make sure you pay the bills, and we gotta take, take make sure you guys check out SpacesPhilly.com, the production company we are a part of. SpacesPhilly.com for all your podcast needs. The black-owned business over there that gives you all types of podcasts that you like. The Lulu and Pop, the Lulu and Pop Horror Show, where I heard supposed to be a comeback. Both sides, and of course, the Mark and Dark Show. The Nerd Coalition has their content up there. The No Gimmicks in the Wrestling Podcast. Of course, this podcast you guys listen to for all your wrestling needs. Nerd Gas and Talk Podcast, hosted by Swag on Zero, for all your pop culture news. Make sure you check out uh, last week's episode, when we talked about my man Anthony Mackie, talking about the diversity in the MCU. And he right. Yeah, I heard that episode. It was pretty good. Yeah, he was right. And then also, also the reboot of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. And I checked it out. And it, was, it was pretty dope. The review was up there. Uh, stay tuned this week for my review of Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. And if y'all guys have not seen Hamilton, go see yeah, Hamilton. Yeah, I heard it was pretty good. It, it, it's it's uh-huh. good. And it, it, I'm curious to see how it would be for somebody who never been to the play. Because me and my wife actually went to the play and saw it live here when it came to when they was traveling to, to Philly mm-hmm. and I, I I'm, not a, huh? I'm not a music play guy so I you know what I feel you though but the reason why I think you like this one because it's hip hop because it's rap and I know I'm not a I'm uh, yeah. alright <laughs> nah, I'm gonna give it a shot i give it a chance I, 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 I mean look that's fair because it, because I ain't gonna lie, it is long. It is long. It's like two hours and forty minutes. Because once again, when we when we was there, it, it was long, but we it, it was like three hours because we had that intermission in between. Remember when we went to your fiance's play? And I was just like, wait a minute, that's it? I, I was expecting yeah. like a three hour play because that's what I was used to. 
And seeing it, I was just like, oh, I can get used to this. But, uh, yeah, check all that out on the Nerd Gas and Talk podcast. Check out uh, my wife, Lady Sketches podcast. Turntables, Hip Hop Culture, and Beyond, which we, we, I'm trying to get her to start back up because there's a couple things that I would like to talk about on there as well. Drunk Off hey, Soap. Huh? We got, we got episodes for days. All them versus battles? Yes. Come on. I'm about to say, I, I, I would just go down the archives and then just. You know, just, just just put them up. I mean, because you could just talk about certain things from the past and just act like it, just just put it up. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, hey, really? I, I, I'll discuss that with her. That, that's what I'm saying. That, that's yeah. That's, that's yeah. Awesome. Uh, drunk dogs. Exactly. Drunk dogs, sober tongues. Make sure check check that out. And then, uh, of course, when uh I get my hard drive back, I can finally get up this Ballers Lounge podcast up there as well. And uh, in the midst of that, you guys should check us out on all your podcast apps, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Then you guys can also check us out on YouTube, YouTube Premium. We are part of, uh, you guys like this in the podcast, on YouTube, check out YouTube Premium as well. If you have Google Play, you should already have it. And also make sure you guys take a stop at TheRealNerdCoalition.com. That's TheRealNerdCoalition.com. Where you can find all things Nerd Coalition, all things we do on the channel when it comes to reactions, when it comes to wrestling reviews, when it comes to our podcast, when it comes to Q Flow's album. Make sure you guys check out all that stuff. When it comes to Nerd Coalition merch, get yourself the t shirt with the Nerd Coalition, the Shazam logo, along with the uh, standard Nerd Coalition logo, the retro Nerd Coalition logo, and of course, the No Gimmick Scene of Wrestling podcast t shirt. So make sure you get all that stuff up there. You help support us, and hopefully, if we can raise enough money, we could try to do also like a live show. But once again, that's going to yeah, be right. that's going to be you know post pandemic type thing. So you know, right. so stay tuned for all that kind of stuff like that. So make sure you check out the real uh, Check out Q Flow's album, The War Drum, and of course, along with um, the layover and his new uh, the, the layover merch that he has on there as well. He had that new yeah, song was- that dropped. On the 29th, correct? Yep. yep, dropped on the 29th. I was also, I was doing a sale with uh, Swag when mm-hmm. he was doing his streaming. And I, I was, I mean, y'all missed it now. By the time y'all hearing it, y'all missed it now. But I did want to bring it up. Because I might I might do it again. Yeah. In the near future. Let's see how things go. But um, I was doing a sale. Uh, everything was like 20% off. And everything, every, all, every dime, every dime, nickel, and penny I got goes to swag and he takes it to whatever charity he was donating amen to that brother right there amen to that yeah I appreciate you for that oh yeah for sure man and for all those out there who don't gotta do our part Exactly. That's what I was about, just about to say. For all those out there who think that you know you don't have a platform, it ain't just about the celebrities. It ain't just about what you see on TV. If you got a podcast like I do, or like a lot of our friends do, you got a Twitch channel, you got a YouTube channel, or you just very popular on TikTok, whatever the case may be, that is considered a platform. And that there's a lot of things in this world that's going on with Black Lives Matter when it comes to these allegations of the Me Too movement and the hashtag speaking out stuff all things you guys can donate to help you know your voice and help out you know say so make sure you continue to be you know aggressive and vigilant in, in those in those regards so going on to WWE this week so I mean there are a couple things is happening but 
you know, uh, finally take a break from the allegations. But uh, we have some incidents here that uh, if you guys have been watching Raw at any time, have you noticed anybody that's been missing at all? Uh, I want to see if you know. Are you are you are you saying superstar or? I mean, in my mind, they were a superstar at one point. Well, I mean, Ziggler's back, but where's Rude? Oh, well, yeah, we're we're missing them. But I'm going by women this time. You recognize anybody Uh, that's been missing? uh, Lana. (laughs) I ain't looking for her. Yeah, I ain't looking for Uh, her. Close. Uh... Go ahead, go well, ahead. Well, I'm gonna help you out. Shayna Baszler. Charlie. Oh, Shay. Oh, Shay. Oh, oh, God. Okay, it's the. Yeah. Okay. Shayna Baszler <laughs> has been missing from Monday Night Raw. The last time we seen Shayna Baszler, she wasn't even written off great. She just got choke slammed to a wall by Nia Jackson, Money in the Bank, and we have never seen her since. She wasn't thrown off the roof. Her who did it? She probably injured. <laughs> nah, nah. I mean, seriously. Yo, I heard a comment on one of the wrestling podcasts that I listened to that said Rusty Nia Jackson 2020 is like going to Action Park. For those who don't know what, <laughs> what Action, action park, park is, it was a it was a, a theme park. Just, 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 just like Six Flags or Donny or Donny Park in the eighties and the nineties. That had like the most fatalities and roller coaster and theme park accidents ever. Nah, what? <laughs> and ser- seriously, there were they had about six to seven fatalities at their park. They had countless injuries of people getting injured on rides and in water parks and, and what they actually had like a you know you know the water slide where you go. And and uh, you just like slide down like a tube. Well, they were they was one they was one of the first ones to have Yo, like, like a loop inside. I'm reading, I'm reading. I am currently reading a list. Six people died In indirectly act- from rides. That's crazy. At Action Park. Yo, I was I was they like, brought it back. Then they brought it back in 2014. Yeah, I ain't going. <laughs> I'm not going. And you know, you know what's crazy? Most of these are drowns. Like people drowned in the title put in the wave pool. Yeah. Oh hell no. No man. man. Jersey. So, oh. So when he said Russell Nine Jackson 2020 is like going to Action Park, I said, damn. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I said that. That's crazy because I ain't nobody. I, I ain't never heard nothing like that because Action Park was just. It's like don't go. It's like no matter what. It's like somewhere you'll get fucked up somehow. But yeah, so that's the last time we've seen Shannon Baszler, and she hasn't been sick with the COVID. Uh, she hasn't been injured by Nia Jax. Surprisingly, it comes to turn out that Vince McMahon is sour on Shannon Baszler. He don't like her. He does not like Shannon Baszler, and. Another NXT star comes up to the main roster that Vince McMahon sours on, and look what happens to the career. Tyler Breeze, Vince McMahon soured on him. Tyler Breeze is back in NXT. Both of them back. Both, yeah, him and, and, and Fandango. Good point. 
there's only been a couple stars that have come from NXT and just got skyrocketed to the moon. But some of them, you know, Vincent Elias, they don't, he don't truly understand. Elias uh, Elias is really injured right now. But other than Elias coming out, I mean, he got hot with the WWE Central Walk with Elias thing. And then, you know, they put him in. I was about to say, Elias is kind of without a crowd. I'm not even going to. Oh, it, it, I, I, I do, he, he is very cringy without a crowd. Like He needs the crowd. So right now, his yeah. whole gimmick is dead. So there have been... This should, have been see, the thing they messed up with, I know this ain't about Elias, but this, hmm. I just, I, it has to be said. When he got booed to the high heavens for that basketball yeah. joke, that's when they, they should have strapped the rocket on in there. Exactly, because, yeah, because OKC, I mean, Seattle's still started by that OKC thing. So, that, that's what it should have happened, but there's just some guys that come from NXT and you're like, man, they were so successful in NXT. What happened? And what the truth is, Vince gets sour on them. Look, look at Bobby Roode in NXT and look at him now. Can't find him. Look at the Viking Raiders. Exactly. Look at Shinsuke Nakamura. Cooled off to the, you know, the coolest can be. Where AOP at? Oh, my God. Where is AOP at? And, and, that's, and also, got, you know, it's just Vince don't like tag teams neither. And it's, it's, it's such a shame that these these women, it's Time like. For the new day. Yeah, oh, yeah. They celebrated six years. They did. My God. They, they, they've been around for a while as a group for, for yeah, a while. We done seen teams. I done seen DX come and go. You wow. right. New Day still a team, like, but that's neither here. So now he's been like, sour on Shayna, and once again, because Shayna's not Vince's type of woman, and Vince McMahon got the whole blonde hair Trish Stratus type. That's the ones that get pushed. The Mandy Rose lookalikes. Mandy Rose ain't getting pushed. She no, she ain't getting pushed, but she being on, she's even on TV. But the thing is on Raw. They can find a spot for Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville on a two-hour SmackDown show, but they can't find a spot for Shayna Baszler on a three-hour Raw. Right. And that's and that's and at first of all, I'm just like, look. Some people may not like Shayna Baszler. People may think that you know she's hard in the face. Some people may think that Shayna Baszler they don't like her UFC style. She's boring. Me personally, I like Shayna Baszler. I love and I I like Shayna Baszler. Uh, Especially when, well, I, I knew Shayna Baszler can go when I see her and Ember, Ember Moon have a match back in NXT, and I was just like, "Oh, she's just not here to do this four horsewoman thing. She's here to wrestle." And I thought Shayna Baszler was good at, at what she does. Like, like she is like the the hard chick. And the thing is, when it comes to the four horsewoman, her and Ronda are the softest looking ones compared to Jessamine Duke. And Marina Shafir. Yeah. Now, now Marina Shafir ain't that yeah. bad. That's Roddy's wife. But uh, Jessamine Duke, though, like I'm just like, eh. she was. She was fine in Ultimate Fighter. Oh yeah. Oh, oh no. When it comes to skills of fighting, I'm not taking that away from them. But the wrestling, you see how long wrestling? Yeah, it's different. Yeah. yeah, you see how long them two last? Not at all. As soon as Shannon left, they they bounce or are, are, are they, somewhere. They they drop. All y'all had to do was team Ronda up with her girls one time. One time, bungled it. Bungled it. I don't even care for it no more. No, honestly, no. I forgot about it until you said they names. You're right. 
And then all of a sudden, now you're sitting there at, you're asking yourself, like, okay, so Shayna Baszler was one of, there's only two dominant NXT Women's Champions in NXT. Oscar and Shayna Baszler. And I'm like, you know, the story writes itself. And so, uh, this past week or two, Becky Lynch is on the Bellas podcast. Disclaimer, there's no way I'm listening to the Bellas podcast. I just can't do it. I won't do it. So I read yeah, the transcripts. It sounds annoying. <laughs> it, it, oh my God, it sounds annoying. And I think, yeah, it, it really would be with, with, with Nikki Bella being annoying. Uh, with that being said, it was said that Becky Lynch wanted, told, went up to Vince and said, I want to drop the, the, the uh, belt to Shayna Baszler. And he said no. Vince said no. She did the whole vampire thing when she first got in there. That went nowhere. Nowhere. That went absolutely nowhere. Becky barely beat her at WrestleMania. That was terrible. She didn't win the Royal Rumble. Charlotte did, which she ended up winning the, the, the NXT Championship to the point where they burnt her out. Now she's going until 2021. So, all the stuff that they, they could have did with Shayna Baszler and making her Raw Women's Champion, no. He is sour on this woman, and once again, I don't understand why Vince d- does this. And then, if they if she's not on TV, she can't get over, and she can't get over, she ain't got no job. So it, it looks like what may happen is Shayna Baszler may go back down to uh, NXT. But then once again, it's just like in. <laughs> I understand NXT could be the better show because Triple H is in charge of it, and he does he does a different brand of wrestling. I I'm all for that. I really am. But that main roster is people want to go to. That's that main TV time. That's that that's that main roster money. And then you, of course, you don't want to plateau yourself in NXT. There's just there's more titles. There's more things to do. There's more opportunities. There's more TV time in the day. You know, when you're on the main roster, the main roster just needs uh, some help getting their, you know, their shit together. Right. To be, to, to, uh, to be real with you. And I'm like, Oscar's is the Raw Women's Champion now, and they're tr- sitting there trying to squeeze the rag of Sasha and Bailey out on Sasha, on on, on uh, Oscar to the point where after this is done, who she got for SummerSlam? There is nobody there. She already had her match with Nia Jax. Uh, Kyrie Zane, I'll get into a little bit later, but that's her tag team partner. She's going to face Sasha at Extreme Rules. She just faced Bailey on Raw. I'm just like, she already faced Charlotte three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row. So then, who's left in the barrel on Raw? The Iconics? No, thank you. Ruby Riot is on a 12-match losing streak. What? I will repeat it. Ruby Riot is my girl is on a 12 match losing streak. Disgusting. And Where are they going? It, exactly. So I, I, I'm sitting there trying to think like, okay, well, maybe the Ruby Riot thing is a storyline because they, they teased the her and Liv thing backstage because Liv Morgan keeps losing. Nobody wants to see that the tie has been there and done that already. And then you have Lana, because Lana's with with, with uh, Natalia now. 
after after Bobby said he wants a divorce. Why is she wouldn't tell you? Because you know her Bobby hurt her, and then Natalia was hurt because she kept losing matches. She do a little Christian tantrum uh, in um, backstage or in the ring when she was losing, and then they decided to pair up. Oh, and now when Natalia comes to the ring, Lana comes with her. That's so random. Yes, it's very random. Very fucking random. And once again, so that's your raw women's roster. So then once again, if you, what's the point? You don't want to just bring Shannon back to try to build her up for two weeks to have her just be fed to Oscar and lose. There's that. There is nothing. Right. There, there's nobody. There's nothing for them to do because it's like you have whatever momentum Shayna had at the beginning of the year. It's done. The last pay per view that she was in was here in Philly at Extreme Rules, and I and I heard that that wasn't even that. Well, first of all, I seen that wasn't even that good of a match, but I heard the reception wasn't that great neither. And it's just that I feel bad for women because you know, once again, you're not everybody's not going to be born a certain way, okay? Right, and. There are a league of women out there who can kick ass. They can work their ass off out there. And I think can let's say be good looking women because you know the W you're trying to sell you're trying to sell them to them. But but however, every woman's not going to look the same. And this notion of what Vince thinks is you know his ideal women's wrestler, you know, doesn't always get the job done all the time. You you could put a rocket on Nia Jax's back, or not Nia Jax. You could put a rocket on Shayna Baszler's back right now. She could she could have been the one to take the place of Ronda Rousey at the moment before Ronda, whatever she wants to come back. But as if Ronda want to come back because Ronda don't want to deal with these fucking ass fans, and fifty percent of me is like I don't blame her. Fifty percent of me. But you can, but you can take. First of all, people don't understand. Shayna Baszler is like forty years old. Is she really? Yeah, Shayna Baszler. If she's not forty, she's thirty nine years old. She's older. And people don't understand, like to the point where it's like, okay, y'all gotta understand something. Shayna Baszler gonna be wrestling forever, or doing contact or athletic sports forever. You know, let's see, Shayna Baszler, August eighth. 1980 so that means this year August 8th she turned 40 she turns 40 now homegirl been doing good for a second she don't look 40 not at all I'm saying but uh she about to be 40 so I mean that's that's wrestling oh that's F that's athlete old and it's like if she don't get her shot now, then she ain't gonna get her shot at all. I mean, I'm listening. I don't know. At, at, at this point, I'm starting to wonder: Does she even need to to, to get the call up? Well, she didn't because I mean, right right now they don't need the call because they really didn't have any women build because they they were in the process of rebuilding their NXT women's division down there. So they can have, you know, 
some, but they didn't have a, like a legit contender really to kind of like beat uh, Shayna Baszler. Right now, the champ, oh god, the champion is um Io Shirai. Io Shirai. That went from Charlotte. That went from uh, Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley was hot, and they just they they had no right taking that title off of her. Not at all. They Not had, with Charlotte, at least. Exact. They had no right to take that title off of Rhea Ripley. They didn't need to do that, and they did it anyway, and it cooled her down. And that's what happened, and it cooled her down. See, what's the thing is Vince takes these women that he likes, uh, push them to the top, cools everybody else down, but then and then once again, it's like, you're just leaving us here at NXT with, with the women. Now I got to f- find a way to build Ripley, Rhea Ripley back up when she's out there having rivalry matches with uh, the Robert Stone brand. She don't need to be doing that. At all. She don't need to be doing that at all. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, yeah, she definitely, I definitely saw that. She was fighting. Yeah, two people in that Cloverleaf. Yeah. And, uh, I was what like, are they doing? Great America match. Rhea Ripley don't even need to be part of that right now. Rhea Ripley needs to be in the championship picture in the hunt. Her and Ian Shirai should be having a feud right now for the championship. But right now, she got to wait in line because Tegan Knox is next in line. For the championship Tegan opportunity. Knox. Tegan. Oh, wait, Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox. I'm, I'm tripping up. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I don't like about T- Tegan Knox is the shiniest wizard finishing move. I, I don't like that. But other, yeah. than, other, other than that, yeah, she uh, she next in line. So, once again, it's unfortunate. I hate it. But uh, that Vince is sour on her, and it's, it's very sickening and disappointing. Also, what's sickening and disappointing is... What's happening with Kyrie Zane? So now, when I'm recording this, <clears throat> I'm about to say yeah, because yeah. I definitely saw she did the elbow. Yeah, I, so I'm injured. I'm so, like I said, so we, we, when we're recording this, uh, we record the podcast a little late. Raw happened. Kyrie Zane came back <clears throat> and had a match with Sasha Banks. Before that, there was actually talk that Kyrie Zane's career may be over. Due to the way the injuries of when the concussions that she's been getting, and especially with wrestling Nia Jax, going to action park, <laughs> 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 going to action park, <laughs> yeah, action. Kyrie Zay was all up in action park, had a season pass all in 2020. Okay, and she was getting her ass handed to her, and I'm like, I feel bad for it to the point where they was thinking about making her. The Titus O'Neil role, an ambassador for Japan, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't, don't do this to this woman just yet." Because Kyrie Zane is still only in her twenties, I think. Yeah, <clears throat> and I'm like, I would hate to have this woman injured because of selfish, uh, uh, just, just inexperience by Nia Jax, and she don't get reprimanded for it. Now, once again, she ain't been on TV yet, so I don't know. You know, she she could be that could be her punishment also. But to do this to Kyrie Zane, because here's the thing: I don't want to hear about how little Kyrie Zane is or injury prone. Look, I get it; Samoa Joe is injury prone. But when it comes to Kyrie Zane, I've seen her have awesome ass matches in NXT with Shayna Baszler, with Ember Moon, with all these kind of uh, with all these women in there to the point where. I'm like, so she was in some brutal matches uh, in NXT, and she didn't get hurt, but she comes to the main roster, and then she's on there. Like, 
there was one time where she got concussion in the tag team match with uh, the TLC match with Charlotte and Becky versus uh, the Kabuki Warriors. I get that. That was that was an accident that happened, and she was clearly not there. However, the Nia Jack stuff did not help at all. That did not help at all. And then once again, Nia Jack, with how bigger, how much bigger she is, and how much you know weight she just can just throw around, it's just like she just don't tossing this girl around, and it's it's unfortunate. And I was like, yo, I hope that her career is not over. So that's what we was going to talk about. But she comes back on Raw tonight. Now, once again, I don't know if this episode of Raw is taped. I don't know if this episode of Raw has been pre-taped. But Oscar did ask for a, ti- a tag team title match next week on Raw. So it either had to be live or this 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 the first week of taping because of the COVID stuff. I'm not necessarily sure what the Raw schedule is anymore. I used to know it, but now I don't. I don't know either. So I don't know if this is a, this is a live episode, if this was a tape episode, because they usually tape like in two weeks. So to the point where you work that day, you gotta come back until the next, like not not, not next Monday, but the Monday after that kind of thing. <clears throat> so I don't know which money this lands on, especially after they like, said so they got they got a COVID stuff. So, it, okay, so it's good to see that Kyrie Zane is back. It is good to see Kyrie Zane is back, but however, it is just it is um. A little frightening that that was even you know discussed. So I hope she you know I hope that that's not the case for. Her. But I heard that she's supposed to be leaving anyway to go back to Japan because that's where her husband is at. Oh really? Yeah, she got married. Oh, she got hard. yeah she got married uh, earlier this year, and her husband is over there in Japan. I mean, shit, I ain't coming over to America right now. <laughs> so. I'm staying over in Japan, and I, and if I'm married, why wouldn't I want to see my husband? I mean, newlyweds, okay? I don't want to be with my husband. I don't want to be with my wife. And the more sensible thing is for her to go to Japan instead of him coming over to America. So, uh, right? Because Japan, they, I think they're done as far as cases. Well, it almost. I mean, the the, the continent of Asia is starting to get. It's starting to because. They had a little surge, but they're trying to get back on track as well. So, I mean, the only, the only people that said they were done was New Zealand. Don't know how they did it, but they're done with the coronavirus. Now, for, you know, America right now, for them being stupid. So, yeah, she go back to, she can go back to Japan and, and be with her husband, which she has every right to do. And if I was her, I would out to that too. And I, I don't know if that's still going to be the case now or... If it's going to be something they lose next week, that they all they also had planned an injury angle uh, for it, you know, somebody to injure Kyrie Zane and she'd be out for a long period of time, and it would you know get Oscar Oscar pissed off because that was her tag team partner, and but they was not going they was not going to make it Nia Jax, which also says well if you're going to make it Nia Jax, then what are you going to do make it Shayna Baszler because you you ain't using her. But but I'm like right. I mean but honestly it probably should I don't be. like I don't I don't like that way of going out though. I don't like that way of going out neither. Not not all the time because I'm just like you get your ass kicked that bad. Next thing you know you, you don't come back and, and try to get try to get that receipt. Right. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. But it, it it all depends on the angle. Like like the way Matt Hardy went out, I was just like, all right, 
he can go out to AEW because I don't need to see Matt Hardy do anything else. Because Matt right. Hardy's all character now. Matt Hardy can barely walk. <laughs> that's, just, that's just the truth of it. You're not going to get a five-star Matt Hardy match anymore. Don't look for it. You, you're getting Matt Hardy for broken. That's what you're getting Matt Hardy for these days. So, I don't know what the plan for Kyrie Zane is. I got now. I got to definitely wait and see. But you know, I, I'm glad that she's all right. I didn't. I, I mean, she could be a ba- an ambassador for Japan still. You know, and wrestle every now and then like Titus do. But I still want to see her more active in the ring. And I hope you know Nia Jax is not walking away scot free because like I said, I ain't seen her on TV, so I doubt she's um <clears throat> getting any kind of work or anything. So, moving on from there, we also have uh, news of a big sale that took place. Now, Q-Flow, are you familiar with Evolve Wrestling? It sounds familiar. Okay, so Evolve Wrestling... It sounds very familiar. Yes, Evolve Wrestling was a indie promotion, one of the biggest ones that they had, that WWE had a, a associated partnership with. That... Evolve would use some uh, of the Yes, I know I know what it is now because they <clears throat> they usually would have like an evolve match during WrestleMania like during the access, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I knew it sounded familiar. Uh Gabe Sapliski was the one who uh was in charge of Evolve. Him and Daniel Bryan back in the day. How create Evolve, even though Daniel Bryan didn't start wrestling in Evolve, he went to WWE Choked out Justin Roberts with his tie, came back, wrestled for Evolve for a little bit. And they have had a great, you know, indie uh, wrestling promotion there that WWE was loosely based with. Well, now, Evolve Wrestling has been bought by WWE. Okay. They have been bought. Uh, Evolve just celebrated their 10 year anniversary. And I went to that show. Uh, oh, nice. Me and Chuck went to that show <clears throat> because one, it was the first indie show that was. <clears throat> excuse me, it was the first indie show that was going to be show on the WWE Network. So if you go to WWE Network, type in Evolve, you'll find the Evolve show. I'm at that show. Nice. And they they had Matt Riddle taking on Drew Gulak. That's when I really realized. I like the wrestling of Drew Gulak because that was a good, that was a great match he had there, and they had they had Giant Gargano there. So, and once again, these people all from Evolve Wrestling. There's so many people that's in uh, WWE right now, NXT that come from Evolve, from Gargano to Riddle to Keith Lee to then you go to AEW, then Darby Allen's over there. He ain't like it's not too much over there in, in Evolve, but you you got so many guys that was part of that Evolve machine and. Uh, it's amazing. It, it it really grew into something. And now, unfortunately, WWE has bought the rights to uh, Evolve. So that means now they have all the, the, the entire library, all the matches, all the events that they can willingly pay if they wanted to on WWE Network. If Vince wants to. And it saddens me because I don't... And the, the reason why... This is this is news, is because with the pandemic going on, a lot of indie promotions are suffering because there's no money to be made. Everybody right. is not 
WWE who who signed to a big network networking thing like USA and Fox and everybody's on AEW who signed over at Turner and TNT. Those are the big wrestling companies that that get the money, that get the exposure, that get the TV time. Evolve, Ring of Honor, all Impact Wrestling. Those NWA Power, NWA Power had to shut down because that, that, that that was on YouTube. And they weren't getting enough revenue to kind of like continue, and they may go under. And it's it's kind of scary because right now there was we was just getting back to what it used to look like in the late nineties of wrestling, where I wasn't forced to just watch WWE. You have options now. And with those options, you had you have WWE, you have AEW, you have Impact Wrestling, you have Ring of Honor, you had Evolve, you had uh, Dragon Gate, you have New Japan. You know, you, there's so many different. If you're a wrestling fan, there's so many different avenues to take other than just when we was in that mid 2000s era uh, or that early 2000s. Everything was just WWE when WCW died. So now, with a lot of these promotions that was doing good, a lot of them took a big hit that WrestleMania weekend because, as we know from the pandemic, there was no WrestleMania. WrestleMania 36, which, this is what happens. Quiet uh, room wrestling. Huh? Yeah, quiet. Yeah, it was. This is what happened. A lot of people don't truly understand what kind of revenue WrestleMania brings in. So, if you're listening, Michael Nutter, I want you to li- listen to this, okay? So, when WrestleMania comes to the city, they host four shows. They got their WrestleMania, obviously. They got their NXT TakeOver, whatever that city is. They got their Raw and SmackDown. You feel me so far? They got their Hall of Fame. Now, that's just for the WWE side. So, what happens is... Because I, I, I listen to a lot of Brian Zane and stuff like that. All the indie promotions, they come to the city to capitalize off the revenue that's coming in the city. WrestleMania, when they, when, when, when Vincent brings his machine here, they, if they, say if they come to Philly, which I need them to. But say but next year they're going to Hollywood, supposedly. They're not just filling up their arena with people from L.A. There's people from all over the United States, all over the world that's coming to this event in that city. So once again, when you come to that event, everybody is not always a WWE fan, and everybody doesn't want to be in WWE all day long. So what what happens? They host their shows. Evolve puts on a special show. They make sure they have a damn good card. Ring of Honor may come there. They have a WrestleCon that comes here. They're all the certain wrestlers that are free agents or that work for different companies can come here and they can go and you can meet the wrestlers. There's so much stuff to do in your city involving wrestling when WrestleMania weekend comes here. But when there is no WrestleMania weekend, WWE survives, AEW survives, but they don't. They missed out on a shit ton of money this past year when there was no WrestleMania. And I think that hurt them. I think that hurt Evolve a lot. <clears throat> and once again, the wrestlers like Tony Nese, Apollo Crews, Austin Theory, Brody Lee, John Moxley, Drew Gulak, Keith Lee, 
uh, Orny Lorkin, Gorgano, Malcolm Bivens, Matt Riddle, Ricochet, Rich Swan, Kalisto, Shazi Blackheart, who I seen kill herself live in person, Sammy Callahan, Timothy Thatcher, TJ Perkins. Those are all people from Evolve. And <clears throat> I know those are all people from Evolve, and it's just like you gotta understand that they had a good makeup of everybody there. And now most of these people are here in WWE right now because of Evolve. Now, like I said, I don't know what Vince's plan is with Evolve afterwards, but I'm just saying it's 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 a little heartbreaking when you see some of the indie, you know, promotions kind of like fall by the wayside because of this pandemic. Because we don't know what, what's going to happen next. We don't know what's going to happen. Try and give her input. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hear my daughter trying to get the input on that, too. I mean, I, I, she can cry for Evolve. Long long she ain't crying for, like, Impact Wrestler. I'm cool. Because, <laughs> as you see, Impact just had to fire their, their world champion right before their biggest pay-per-view of the year. But that is tragic. I, I'm shocked they're even still going at this it, it, Bro, I don't even know how Impact is still living. And the thing is, if you... It's sad when you look at Impact today. You're like, if you know what Impact was before, you're like, what happened? If you're a new fan, you're like, who will ever watch this? TNA back in the day, from 2002 to 2011, was the shit. That was the second alternative to WWE. The only problem was they were on Spike TV, and they didn't average as large of an audience as WWE did. But once again, they still had mega stars over there. And they was get they was getting their money, and then you know what happened? They hired Hogan and Bischoff. <laughs> they hired Hogan and Bischoff, and then TNA went down the crapshoot. And the next thing you know, they were paying their stars, and then people like AJ said, "I'm bouncing." And then from 2000 that that, that 2014 15 era, they just they just something just happened, and then they went from wrestling in front of 1,100 people a night to like 60 to 50 people. Oh, boy. Yeah, Impact. To the point, they, they tried to merge it with Global Force Wrestling from, with Jeff Jarrett promotion. That shit didn't work. It, 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 it was it was just sad. It was... The, I, I would love a, an actual honest documentary of the rise and fall of TNA slash Impact Wrestling so you can really get the gist of what, you know, what was happening. But... If, I don't know if this pandemic you know crazy. We what? gonna see it get dark, and then they gonna they gonna have to mention Matt Hardy. Yeah, I mention saving the company just for y'all to whew, yeah let that momentum fall by the wayside. Fall by the wayside, and like I said, because he single handedly brought Impact up with the broken Matt Hardy stuff, single handedly. So you know, it, like I said, it, it's it's really sad. I, it, it's sad that most people that I like over there aren't even there over there no more. And I'm just like, oh. and they just said they had to fire Tesla for being an ass. So now, now you got to crown a new champion at your Sandversity pay per view because, you know, it, it, that's will be your biggest draw. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, they finalized the purchase. They they own it now. It's, it's going to be kind of suck. Like I said, I didn't watch. You know, evolve like on a regular basis. Cause see, once again, all these indies still come on Fight TV. I have Fight TV, but I only have Fight TV for, believe it or not, some Ring of Honor stuff because Cody was over there. 
And then AEW happened. I was like, well, I don't need this no more. <laughs> I really don't. I haven't watched fight. Oh, the fight TV, you can also watch the UFC fights and all that other stuff on there, too. And boxing. Yeah. Pay-per-views and stuff like that. So, and I, but Rustin falls in that category over there on Fight TV also. So, they own it now. You know, uh, I said, I hope maybe if Matt Riddle or any of these people are in, in the main event at SummerSlam or WrestleMania, they can use some of the footage for, for backstory and stuff like that. Or they could just be very kind to us and ha- have us watch some evolved stuff uh, on the network. And that and that would be awesome. And it was fun, too, because that 10th anniversary show, you could tell the difference when you're there on one night and you got the, they, got, they, got, they got their camera crew and then we got the WWE camera crew. Like, here's the money. Here's the money because as soon as that little network thing played on the big screen, everybody started cheering. I was like, "Oh, I thought y'all hated WWE," <laughs> but no. I say as soon as they play, y'all was up there cheering, and all all that all the the, the the big money crews, the big cameras, and all that stuff like that. Man, y'all got turned out, turned out. But I said, but I said it's. I I just hope that some of these other indie promotions can like kind of stay afloat alright guys so usually I don't review uh, certain things off the WWE network but I think what I want to do is start reviewing more stuff off the network because there's some really good content out there when some things push uh, past on mine so Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions has you know has been a big thing it's like his podcast that he used to have but then they, they canceled that then they came back and then now they have these long drawn out interviews and me personally I have enjoyed the Broken Skull sessions more than I have enjoyed the Stone Cold uh, podcast that he, that he had because I felt as though that was too much WWE in the thing this one now it's like it's his ranch it's his thing he can do whatever the fuck he want and he can say what he wants also so that's what I think I like about it now the first episode I seen was the Undertaker's episode because Undertaker was, you know, ha- hasn't been out there a lot. But then I seen, of course, Bret Hart. I've seen Ric Flair. I've seen Goldberg. You know, I I, I, I wanted to see the Goldberg episode, but uh, I was like, okay, you know, I, I know it's gonna be good interviews. I've seen most of those interviews before, but this time he interviewed Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. I was actually shocked by that because I was just like, wow, okay, I see that, you know. He's uh, branching that bubble a little bit. It's like Steve uh, Stone Cold like interview like a certain kind of people like on that top top tier uh, Mount Rushmore status kind of thing. And uh, Jericho's podcast is like a, a, a ray of everybody. So when he was interviewing Mark Henry, I was just like, oh, I gotta see the interview, and I, I gotta see the Broken Soul Sessions, in which I see now. When I looked at it, it's one of the best ones. It really was one of the best ones. It was a good interview. It was a you know got a good amount of insight. And now, if you had seen the Mark Henry World Strongest Man documentary on the W Network, most of the stuff that he said in this interview is already in there. But did, I did find out a lot more things uh, that I didn't know about Mark Henry as well. So I, I was going to give you guys my take on it, my view of it, because like I said, I I just reviewed the whole. Uh, last ride documentary from the Undertaker, which was the, is the best one that they've done, and so I was like, well, let me get into some more network stuff, and they got the Broken Skull sessions on there with Mark Henry. So they talk, you know, Stone Cold Mark Henry busting up and everything, two Texas boys, and then uh, they talk about you know the usual stuff that Mark Henry when he was younger and how he uh, 
Him and he was very close to his mom, and then he said his brother was like Clark Kent and Superman. He couldn't do no wrong. He can do all that, do all this kind of kind of stuff. It made him very very angry, and you know resentful and stuff like that. So that's that's and he had a chip on his shoulder because he was the youngest, but yet the brother was getting all the spotlight. It's kind of like everybody loves Raymond, okay? And everybody's looking like why? But he gets all the you know he gets all the credibility. He gets all the spotlight. Well. He said uh, his dad used to, like, stack uh, bricks and stuff in these trash cans. And they they had to move the trash cans and, and move the uh, the bricks over there. You know, old southern work. And he said he was lazy. He would just pick up the trash can and put it over his shoulder and walk, which they could really figure out that how strong, you know, Mark Henry was getting. So his mother bought him some dumbbells, and then he started, you know, working out. And we got into talking about... Uh, him going into the Olympics and him uh, you know the, just the deadlift record that he has had for years I think somebody broke it though I think his deadlift, deadlift record was 985 pounds I believe it was for a deadlift and then I think somebody I, I know it's been broken since then but yeah he he's had the deadlift record for a while there a lot of strongman competitions and then he talked about how him and his friends were wrestling fans and then uh, he got the call from Vince McMahon and then the infamous I hung up on Vince McMahon story and then you know Stoko got a good laugh out of that and everything that he talks about you know how Vince called him in and when he got there he was very green and very angry because you know Mark Henry's not a guy that looks like I want to piss this guy off not at all I don't want to piss this guy off at nothing so he said he remembers that uh he, he used to be a bag boy for Yokozuna back in the day. You know, he used to carry Yokozuna's bags and everything. And Yokozuna and Undertaker was close. And he came into the back and then Undertaker said, well, we got a new baby face right there. He said, who are you talking to, man? You don't, I'm not no baby face. Not understanding that that's what, they, that's what the term for good guy means in the wrestling business. And I like how he explained that he wasn't up on all the wrestling lingo. Certain things have certain lingos that you may understand. Like, if you're not fully immersed in that culture, then you're not going to understand certain things. And everything has, like, a culture. What I'm doing right now is podcast culture. You got geek and gamer culture. You have the FGC. Like, I love playing fighting games. That's the FGC culture. There's so many different terminologies that you can use for fighting games that people who just play casually, like, what are you even talking about? For baseball, for basketball, you know, for love taps in basketball and in football, and you know, if somebody never played basketball before, they hear you say "and one," they they don't know what that means. So when you go into wrestling, there's just different terms of heel and babyface and getting over and ribbing you and all that stuff. Like that he didn't understand what any of that meant. Now, when Mark Henry came in '96, that was a time where Stone Cold was coming in and doing the ring match stuff, and the Austin 316 was birthed the next year and everything like that. So. At that time, you know, that whole world strong, uh, strongest man gimmick kind of thing. Because back then, in the mid-90s, all WWE was about was gimmicks. You know, things of that nature. So, uh, he, he went, you know, had had to fight a couple of injuries. And then they decided to stick him in with the Nation of Domination. And he talked about all the guys there talking about the Godfather D'Lo Brown, Ron Simmons, and The Rock, all in there. How all their personalities even work, and how you know how uh, de- in 1997 when they had In Your House, the Generation X, The Rock and Stone Cold was in a heated rivalry 
for the IC Championship. This is back when the IC Championship meant something. Not the WWE Championship, the IC Championship. And no disrespect to Shawn Michaels, but at that time, I was more into the IC feud between The Rock and Stone Cold than I was with, like, at 97, when they, they, they tried different things for Shawn Michaels, like Shawn and Owen Hart, Shawn and Ken Shanrock, and stuff like that. I wasn't into any of those feuds at all. Because because that's when Brett left and all that stuff like that. I wasn't into any of them things he was trying to do with Sean back in like uh, 97. However, when they did have The Undertaker kind of win it and then they had the Undertaker Bret Hart thing going on, you know, it was, uh, I enjoyed that kind of stuff. But it, that, Intercon- that, that lower level Intercontinental thing was good. So there was a time when Stone Cold took on the whole nation of domination and they brought that up and they talked about, he talked about how. But uh, at that time, D'Lo was the best worker out of all of them. And I've heard all great things about D'Lo Brown and his work and stuff like that. And I looked at Russell for a long time. D- at that time, D'Lo Brown was the best wrestler out of all of them. Each one brought something uh, special to the nation. But if you talk about pure in-ring skills, D'Lo Brown had that thing made. One day should be a Hall of Famer. Because D'Lo Brown... No matter where he goes, it's like it's like Jim Cornette was saying about D'Lo Brown in one interview of how he reminded him of Ernie Ladd, but more athletic in a way. And that's scary. And D'Lo, if you look at some of D'Lo Brown's matches, he was before his time. D'Lo Brown was before his time and has one of the best frog splashes in the business, period. Okay? Period. It ain't about Leo Rush, because Leo Rush does D'Lo Brown's frog splash. He was doing that way before, uh, you know, anybody else was doing it. So I, all, all I'm saying is, um, I agree with him. And then he said, so they was asking Mark Henry, "Yo, we want to do this thing on, on uh, Stone Cold's going to beat some of you guys up on the car, and who wants to take this backdrop?" But D'Lo was the first one to be like, "I'll take it." So he showed the clip of when Stone Cold backdropped D'Lo Brown on the windshield of the car. I remember that whole beatdown. That joint was great, okay? Now, as a wrestling fan, I obviously, you know, if you want to look at it from a political standpoint, you know what I'm saying, of course, that, that could probably make you mad, stuff like that. But obviously, but from a wrestling standpoint, you know, because the nation, you know, being healed, stuff like that, and seeing Stone Cold beat up the most, one of the most dominant groups, because back then, this is when stables were dominant, not just like, you know, hey, we're going to make a stable, and everybody get to ask it. No, this was, he had to beat up Ron Simmons and to toss Dealer Brown. Dealer Brown got stunted on the car and everything. So I, he remembered that whole thing, and he remembered how The Rock would be in the, uh, the hotel room or be in the restaurants or be in stuff like that and say, hey, let's, uh, he was going over his promos and stuff like that because he was the, the most entertaining one that was there and he would go over his promos and do all that kind of stuff like that and talk about uh and he said talking about how to get with snow cold and th- those two on the mic were some of the uh best talkers ever best talkers ever so um he was like yo man take time to eat and things that and things like that so i i liked all 
other things that he did with the nation. He said Ron Simmons was the father figure, and he was even the father figure to the Godfather. They were like the same age, and he said he would still talk to, like you know, God, uh, like like a father figure, and say if this ain't gonna work, I'm gonna kick you out. And then he was just like kick you out the nation because the nation was his. And I do remember you know, when the Rock took over, and then that's when the nation became. Because when the nation first started, the nation was pure militant. It, the, the nation was like a mixture of the Black Panther Party meets the Nation of Islam. That's what. That's what. Well, I can't say when it first started. Because I, I, when it first started, I didn't know what the nation was. Because you had, I guess it was like a nation of different people. Because you, you had like the uh, eight ball and skull. I think I forgot who, uh, who who those those bikers guys were when when the nation first started. They was in there, but when it was just Ron Simmons and then you know Anthony Mason as the the manager, and uh, was it Clarence Mason, Anthony Mason, the basketball player, Clarence Mason as the manager. And when they were in like that whole ninety early ninety seven era when it was few when Ahmed Johnson that was the militant Black Panther meets Nation of Islam right there nation. Then when the Rock got to it, it was more chill. It was more like you know we some lack of better words kind of like urban use type thing where we, you know, they all got comfortable they, they they were dressing nice they put on the expensive watches and stuff like that had you know godfather had the hose and everything so that's what the rocks nation was and then rosters was the more militant nation i love both versions of the nation and i i didn't see the clip where if mark Henry was you know if they would do a new nation today who would it be who would be in there i always thought that the new day was going down that road when Xavier Woods came out in 2014 to do that whole little militant style uh, gimmick. So um, I, I felt as though that at that point I called. I was like, that is going to be the new nation. But then uh, that didn't happen. The new day is successful as it is. They just celebrated six years of being a team. I that, that, that's so long. I, I don't really want them to break up. I do want them to go start doing some more single stuff, but I really don't want them to break up. But if, it, if you talk about nation or t- things right now, MVP is the best candidate for starting a new group. And Bobby Lashley is the perfect pick to be that powerhouse world champion of the group. So I want to see what the whole thing overall plays out with that. But yeah, definitely that. So in, after the nation thing, he says, well, now they're starting to go back into more characters and they bring up the whole sexual chocolate thing. And he said that. Dealer Brown's like, there's no way they're gonna let you be sexual chocolate. Well, sexual chocolate was a play on uh, what happened in Coming to America with Randy Watson, and then he mixed that with Barry White, and then then we got bam, sexual chocolate with Mark Henry. They talked about May Young. He talked about how May Young had a sailor tattoo on her forearm, and uh, she was a was a tough tough woman he enjoyed working with her they gave birth to a hand it was showing when Gerald Briscoe threw up when the hand came out and he said to this day I don't I don't understand why Vince used the hand and he was like it's cause it's a hand and that is the brand of Vince's humor and I'm just like all I heard to myself was that's such good shit I really that's all I heard to myself is him saying that I'm just like well there you have it and then one of my favorite things about the Attitude Era, uh, especially 1998, because in my personal opinion, 98 is the best year of the Attitude Era. Every year, every every generation has a, has a thing. 98 was the best year when it comes to 
that's there. I always pick 94 for New Generation. I always either pick between 2002 or 2003 as the best year for Ruthless Aggression. You know, so it's it, it, it different years where they can uh, where they do different things. 98 was the best one. And in that time, we had the Nation feuding with DX. So, of course, we're getting to when that when you have Romeo and Juliet, you know, the two families fighting each other, there's always these two love things. But the thing was, Mark Henry had the crush on China. So, of course, they brought up the whole thing with him in China. And Stone Cold said, that is just gold right there. He just he loved the whole stuff with uh, Mark Henry in China. And he said, my whole goal was to make China laugh. And she was stone-faced the whole time. She's like, Mark, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Then finally, he got her to make her... He found a way to make her laugh. And when she laughed, he said, from then on, it was easy. All I had to do was just stare at her, and then she just started busting out laughing. And then then they showed the, uh, the clip of when uh, Mark Henry won a date with China. And it was funny because DX and, and the nation was feuding hardcore. Where you, you, I can remember in SummerSlam 98 when it was the Rock versus Triple H in the ladder match. And then China brought Triple H out to the ring, and then Mark Henry came out with the Rock, and Mark Henry was all doing a little tongue dance to China over the corner. And I was like, "Yo, this this thing is crazy." So he said, "Look, we're gonna tell you how good this." Don't don't touch me, don't touch me. And she goes to the car, and then you know, uh, you see Dio dressed up as as the chauffeur, and she's like, "Dio, are you serious?" And he's like, "No, man, that's not Dio, man. Go get in the car." He said, "Come on, man, help me out with this." I thought the whole thing was great and they, they, of course they didn't show you know the whole date stuff like that because I would I could watch that and not rewind it. you know I, I could just just let it go I thought that stuff is great so with that being said they go into it and he said but uh, Soko said there was a time you had to go down to OVW which I did skip a part that went back in the day uh, in 96 when he was the strongest man he went up to Calvary and that's how him and the hearts got so cool. He said he used to watch Bret Hart's kids. And he we with the family while Bret and his wife go out and do certain things. He got cool with Owen. Then he got into the Stu Hart dungeon. He was like, as strong as you are, you are able to, there's certain different holes that you can do that can really like punish your opponent. So he, Mark Harry learned from the dungeon also, you know, especially as being a big guy. <clears throat> I, I don't know if he wants to do the whole classes. Like, of course, like, you know, the Tyson kids, stuff like that in, in the dungeon. But he has had a taste of the Stu Hart dungeon. So, and I, I can see why, because Bret Hart, be, I, there have been times that Bret Hart be on Twitter and like the Royal Rumble a couple years ago, Mark Henry got eliminated. He's like, if that is the world's strongest man. Y'all, they shouldn't even be doing him like this. So you can tell Bret Hart's Bret Hart. But anyway, he sent him down to OVW because he had gained like 30 pounds and then, you know, Mark Henry wasn't, at that time, wasn't really the best wrestler. He was just a, just a big guy. But he wasn't a big guy that brought really nothing to the table other than entertaining or inter- entertainment. He, and he just went off by the World's Strongest Man stuff and never shown too much of the World's Strongest Man stuff since the 90s. And you had big guys like Bam Bam Bigelow with the cartwheels and Hugh Morris and Vader doing moonsaults on the top row. And it's like, so what can you do? You know what I'm saying? Even Viscera had a rolling wheel kick that he was doing. So... Uh, he he read Sports Illustrated that you know this guy calls himself the world's strongest man, but he he don't lift, he don't do no competitions. So that got Mark Henry man. He just lost his mom, so that was even more uh kind of motivation because he was just being in the gym to to work out. He was getting his strength back. And I remember seeing this in his documentary where he told Vince that he wants to go do the strongman competition. And Vince said, "Okay, but there is no place in the WWE." 
for the second strongest man. So he already motivated that you got to go win this thing. So he went to go do the strongman competition in the Arnold Classic. They showed the tire lift. The most famous thing, he's wearing the all red, and he has to lift those two, like, bus tires over his head. It's like 350-something pounds, and he does it easily. And then he Stone Cold was pointing out how the guys in the back was looking like, oh, this guy back here. Look, look at this guy. And he said, but Mark Henry was like, what they're not showing you is the whole clip because he because so cool was like th- those guys in the back are underselling you because that stuff is heavy but mark henry got up easily three different times three different times dead serious because i watched the whole clip and they're out of eight guys six of them six of them could not get that thing up i've watched it myself and and i was just like and uh, the other two guys they only got up like once he got up three times easily okay so he goes and wins the arnold classic and everything and he's feeling himself so he comes back and that's when the whole draft happens the raw and smackdown stuff happens and then mark henry goes and then he's on smackdown and they have ron simmons and they, i remember this watching this every week they would take a different bet about different strong things he can do, like bending frying pans and tearing all this stuff and bending poles and everything. He was doing it. This was legit him because Vince was like, we're not doing sexual chocolate no more. We're going to the world's strongest man, Mark Henry type thing. So they, they had the thing where Tess was in the limo and they, they put the WD-40 on the back of the tires. So uh, they had a little spin effect also. And this, so it won't damage the car, and he would push the car back with his legs, and then they show him push back the legs, and then then you can hear Mark say, "Tell him to stop," because the grill was breaking, and his legs was going in in the front of the limo. Like you're legit holding this, sh- you're legit holding this back with your legs, bro. You're crazy. So Ron Simmons goes, takes the key out, and then his uh. Tony Todd, I believe his name was the one who, uh, no, not Tony Todd, that's the candy man. Uh, I forgot what his name is. Uh, his, his trainer was the one who said, Lay, that was stupid. Don't do that again. You know, strong, as strong as you are, stuff like that, there's not things you, you need to be doing. So it, it was kind of like treading water. Then they had uh, a match. Uh, I forgot where this match was. Oh, Survivors, I think it may was. And then he goes to close out Mysterio in the corner, turns the whole quad. And you, you hear him telling the referee and telling Mysterio, I tore my quad. He falls down. He tags in Finley. He's like, look, my leg is done. I can't move. So Mark Henry c- comes out out the matchup. And he says, look, I'm never going to be world champion, yada, yada, yada. You know, I made some money. I trade water. I find the way it is, kind of thing like that. So Vince has the magic, brings him back. They And then they talk about the Hall of Pain. My favorite era, Mark Henry, obviously. I'm so mad, though, they did not touch on that retirement speech because I remember Stone Cold on his podcast back then was saying, well, goddamn, he he fooled the hell out of me. Like, I remember Stone Cold saying that because he was mad Mark Henry swerved him. I remember that. So, with all that being said, uh, he talks about how, where where did it start from? So, they, they had... After SmackDown, there's dark matches. Since I've been to a live show, I can see him. And he was supposed to go up against Sin Cara. Sin Cara never showed up. He talks to the referee, talk about some, yo, what's going on with Sin Cara? Now he's getting pissed. And then uh, Tony Chimmel, I think it was, uh, makes the announcement that, you know, 
Sid is not going to be out here. The match is not going to be happening. And everybody can go home and, you know, say, thank you for coming out. Mark Henry was pissed. Like, you got to look the look on his face. It's like, if, if whatever is in hell, that is, you know, like, that face is down there somewhere because he was he looked pure evil and that was a rare day pulled on him so he went to the back he untore up the whole backstage there was one right there was he said they're all going they're all going he kicks in the door he kicks in the door to Vince McMahon's office and then Vince wasn't there they ribbed him so he said fuck it I'm done I quit and he and his wife was just like, no, man, you can't quit because uh, bills got to be paid. And he like, no, man, we made enough money. It's cool. We got this. You ain't going to disrespect me like that. So Vince called. He said, man, why would you get so angry? He said, I'm not going to be disrespected. He said, look, I don't want you to quit. He said, but I apologize. I'm not going to do that again. He said, but I want to show you something. And he showed him the, the footage of Mark Henry in the ring looking pissed. And he says, that guy is scary. And they capitalized on that guy. And then that's when the whole Hall of Pain thing started. And that whole 2011 run of Mark Henry. And when he won the championship from Randy Orton. Now, this is, once again, there are a lot of people that feel as though that the WWE championship, obviously, is the better version of the championship. Vince cares about that more. I, I do agree with that. But you got to understand, that world champion, not... I think after the Mark Henry era, when we got to like 2013, I think I think after Edge lost it, or you know, well, to, to be honest, yeah, that that became like straight secondary secondary title. But Edge, Orton, uh, Kane, Undertaker, Booker T, those some top names that held that title. I mean, of course, you had. When we it was in 2012, 2013, we had people like R-Truth, and this is beyond when R-Truth was at the high point. Kofi Kingston, John Morrison, facing for that title. But I'm just like, no. Nah. There was a point where it, it was a legit title. And Mark Henry won it from Randy Orton. And then, I mean, it was intimidating. Nobody expected Mark Henry to win, and he won that title. And I do believe Mark Henry would have won a WWE title in John Cena and Money in the Bank in Philly in 2013. That should have happened. That's what the whole retirement thing was about and I'm mad they didn't touch up on that but uh it it, it was a uh, a great documentary you talked about it he talked about being humble talking about being nice to the kids and you know it's all they always have the stigma of this huge big black man that's always the intimidator and then you know always the fear the problem with this country I go through now but Mark Cameron kids have been loving Mark Cameron like, like the junkyard dog love type thing and uh different things that he has done and now he's working on a book he has the bust open radio show which i just listened to the other day it's a good show the bust open radio show is a good show and mark henry's a part of that with dreamer and bully ray and stuff like that so uh it's, it's a really good show i recommend checking it out but uh you know i give it an a it was a great broken skull sessions makes me want to go back and watch the other ones uh, this one and the Undertaker one is my favorite ones. I got to finish watching the, the Goldberg one. And I'm curious to see what he's going to have on there next. Like, I would love... One thing I would love for Stone Cold for either a podcast or a Broker Skull is put Booker T on there. Because I would love to, you know, to, to get the chemistry between him and Booker T on there. And they, they just never had that feud that it should have been in my personal opinion. I like to see Booker T on there. Of course, The Rock is too busy to be on there. I like to see Sting on there. You know, those kind of things I, I like to see on there. I don't need to see Hogan lie anymore and stuff like that. So, 
But uh, yeah, so that's, that was Broken Skull Sessions, and it, it was really good. I definitely recommend you check it out. I could not do the Wednesday Night War this week without my right-hand man, Primetime. Not Deion Sanders, but Primetime. What's up? What's up? So, this is a different kind of Wednesday Night War because we had head-to-head sort of free pay-per-views for both, for both nights. Now, we obviously know that this is what WWE had to do because Fighter Fest was already in the books like months ago. So they came up quickly with the. Why are you talking about? Triple H said that they've been had bash at the uh, Great American Bash Man. months ago, way before they even thought of it. Man, stop. So uh, they, they got Great American Bash, but however, don't sleep because NXT beat AEW in night one. But why? Let's find out. So we're going to go over. Oh, y'all know why. We're going over Great American Bash night one versus Fighter Fest. AEW of night one. So, without any further ado, let's get into the Wednesday Night War and let's start over with the Great American Bash uh, for NXT. So, uh, we're at full, we're at full cell now. We're not even at the Performance Center, so we're at full yeah, no, cell. They, they, they've been at full cell. Oh, they've been at full cell. Yeah. I man, I thought they was at the so Raw and SmackDown at the Performance Center, then, right? Yeah, and NXT NXT has been at full cell ever since. They had that takeover episode on NXT. Gotcha. Okay, I know there was a lot to go back in their full sub building, and once again, like you're down there in Florida, I, don't, I, I all I hear is getting worse. Are y'all y'all cool down there? Well, I am following the rules, so. Yeah. It, okay. I, exactly. Because it's, it's like it's crazy. I'm, trust me, I remember when we were the, uh, the epidemic at one point. But anyway, we we kick off at Full Sail University. With the Fatal 4-Way number one contenders elimination match, Tegan Knox taking on Dakota Kai, taking on Mia Yim, taking on Candice LeRae. Mia Yim in this matchup was already the highlight of of everything going on in this matchup. There was a, a, a sequence where Tegan Knox uh, gets tripped up. Dakota Kai tries to go for the knee while she drifted across the, the bottom of the apron. Doesn't work. Uh, Candice LeRae comes in, uh, takes out Tegan Knox, and then gives like a... Uh, uh, I forgot what they call it, flatliner to, to Dakota Kai on the apron, and, and she takes a nasty fall. I'm like Dakota, aren't you taking these nasty falls? But uh, Cancer Ray uh, starts getting jumped in the ring, gets uh, a face wash by Dakota Kai, that gets kicked in the face by Miriam, and then she gets the the jumping knee. I don't know what she to protect your neck, and then Miriam eliminates Candice LeRae. So uh, then after that. Uh, we get some more. We get more fighting, and then all of a sudden, Dakota Kai rolls up Mia Yim, and then Mia Yim is eliminated. So now it's down to the best friends again, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. So <clears throat> they go back. You know, they keep saying this is like a blood feud, but every time they fight, they always end up like a roller. It do. This is the only time that it actually ended up where um, you know they got they got like a pinfall. Uh, so, <clears throat> uh, we 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 get a, a cannonball, and then uh, uh, she covers the go to Kai. Kai kicks out, and uh, she um goes and go back and forth, exchanging stuff. 
Dakota kind of tries to go, and she misses her her face wash, and then uh, Knox uh, drop kicks her, and then goes for the shiniest wizard, and then she I hate the shiniest wizard. She beats Dakota Kai, and now she wins the future uh, shot at the NXT Women's Champion, which is Io Shirai. I'm not mad at the outcome, but because I was like, I don't know what else to expect, but right now they're rebuilding the women's division. So how do you feel about Tegan Knox taking on Dakota Kai? I mean, uh, Tegan Knox taking on uh, Io Shirai. I'm pretty sure it would be like a, somebody just needs somebody for her to challenge type of thing. Uh-huh. But I don't think they're gonna take it. See, I think the real person might either be Dakota or somewhere down the line, Candice. It needs to be Rhea. Rhea should never lost it. Yeah, but I don't know what they do. I don't even think Rhea. No, oh, we'll, we'll get to Rhea. Now it's time for, uh, backstage. We get Damian Priest on the microphone uh, back there with uh, Mackenzie Mitchell. Talking about you know how camera grinds and doesn't know how to be a man. He slashes tires. He won't claim it. He slashes tires. Got a deep voice for no reason. So he 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 wants a one on one match uh, with Cameron Grimes. The Cameron Grimes will uh, will uh, respond later. Uh, technical matchup up next with Timothy Thatcher taking on Oni Lorkin. You talk about a hard hitting brute match right here. Because when Only Lorcan first came in, I was like, "Oh, he he's a job to the stars." Because I didn't know about Only Lorcan before he came in NXT and how good he was. And then uh, he would just put on some damn good matches, and this one is no exception. And uh, I like that something he was doing with Timothy Thatcher. Like I said, he, he's really been getting big ever since the Matt Riddle uh, cage fight that he had. Uh, he reverses the crab and takes Lorcan down. And uh, puts a knee in him and, and puts him in the Fujiwa arm uh, arm bar and pulls Fujiwara. yeah arm bar and then uh, Lorcan taps out and then after the match he holds on to uh, you know his arm kind of like you know kind of like what he does in his whole fight videos uh, training videos that he does I thought it was good what you think I mean it's all right I mean nothing. Nothing. I mean, it was a hard hitting match, but nothing special. I do understand that. You know, uh, I mean, but uh, like I said, I, I I did enjoy it. Like I said, I I I'm liking the the, the build of Timothy Thatcher. Then we get a uh, a little promo package about uh, carrying cross and coming after uh, the, uh, the the champion of the win take all, whether it be Keith Lee or whether it be Adam Cole. So that should be interesting. And then we get the two-on-one handicap match. Robert Stone and Aaliyah from the Robert Stone brand. Uh, Mark Nero. You see? <laughs> Versus Rhea Ripley. For those who don't understand Mark Nero with the scooters. He ain't come out with the scooters. Yeah. Like, Mark Nero. Oh, he was like, if y'all remember Mark Nero from 1998, I'm not talking about Jimmy B. Bad Mark Nero where he like Little Richard. I'm talking about uh, Mark Nero from when he was saved where he, he had the little boxing trousers on and, and his hands taped up. That's what Robinson looked like. And I was like, well, maybe if he was Robbie E, you, you would yeah. fit that better, but you lost a lot of muscle. Like, what happened to the, the whole Robbie E thing? They told him to drop the steroids, I guess. Yeah, you see that? yeah so, uh, obviously. You've seen, you seen Rob's hair. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so, obviously, in this matchup. Now, this is the best Aaliyah has looked, period. Okay, I, have, I remember Aaliyah back when she was on that whole... NXT showed that they had uh, Breaking Ground or whatever it was called back in 2015 on the network 
and she has come a long way since then. So she has a pretty good, but once again, uh, uh, Robert Stone tries to go for a springboard on the outside. Rhea Ripley just kind of casually steps out the way, and he splats on the ground, and she just uh, working on Aaliyah. They both get caught in her, uh, I forgot what that, that reverse uh, clover leaf is called. Yeah, I don't know what that thing called. Yeah, the uh, handle, I don't know. The, the, what, what, the, 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 oh, the prism trap. So she, she puts them both in there. They both do a double tap out. Rhea Ripley wins. She doesn't have to join the Robert Stone brand. And in my personal opinion, she needs to get away from this whole thing right now and go back to the title picture. I feel like they don't. I feel like his, his next fight gonna be like Mercedes Martinez. First of all, she gonna probably fight Rhea. Uh, I, I mean, well, yeah, because Mercedes Martinez. I'm glad she's back in there. First of all, I was like, once again. The Aaliyah Vanessa Bourne thing I thought was cool. Why not continue that? But then you know, unless you want to get Vanessa Bourne to the Robert Stone brand. I don't even know. Is she still with the company? I don't even know. But it, 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 but the thing is, no disrespect to Aaliyah, she's getting better. But from Chelsea Green, it's a drop down. Well, I mean, since she fired him, she has not been on the show. Since she fired him, he's been on the show every single week. Mm hmm. So is it a drop down? Uh, well, uh, well, you know what you are, you are you are absolutely right because you sit there, you sit there asking yourself since since teaming up with Charlotte, where has Chelsea Green Chelsea Green been and Aaliyah has been on there? Maybe that could be part of the storyline. So who knows? Maybe. Oh, strap match time next as we got Dexter Loomis taking on Roderick Strong. So they both come out first of all. Uh, Dexter Loomis is just doing a creepy stare to Roderick Strong. Why are there? This is the obvious thing. Why are there two cars out there during at, at, at the stage area? I'm just like, okay, so we're about to do the whole trunk thing in this whole car. You know, Roderick Strong is paranoid, can't face his fear type thing. I was like, because they had made that obvious. So uh, the, the, the match is pretty good. They're going back and forth. They take it up to the stage, and then of course Dexter Loomis puts his. Uh, he eyes on the truck and then opens up the truck to try to put Rod Strong back in there. Rod Strong fights out of it, gives uh, Dexter Loomis an angle slam on the floor that looks sick. Superplex from the top rope. By the way, Bobby Fish is out there the whole time uh, trying to cheer on uh, Roderick Strong. There was a point where uh, uh, was Dexter Loomis was, put, was putting him in the, I think it's the silencer. I think it is. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, choke thing. Bobby Fish has to go in there, but then he gets choked up by the scrap because on one side we have Dexter Loomis and then we have uh, Rob Strong. He gets choked up on there. Then he gets knocked off the apron. Then Dexter Loomis hits the, the, the silencer and wraps the strap around Roddy's neck and starts really choking him with that and then picks up the win. Big win for Dexter Loomis here. Roddy putting him over. I... I you know what? I'm actually digging the Dexter Loomis character more than Samuel Shaw. Well, yeah, because it's different. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I, I, it is, but I'm just saying, but you know, because, uh, you know, Samuel Shaw was, I thought it was a decent guy, a wrestler over an impact, but this one he gets to shine more, I feel as though. And th- this was like one of his best matches. So, I, I liked it. I liked it. I liked the strap match I did. This is the first, that was the first NXT strap match they ever had. Yeah. When it comes uh, backstage, John Gargano uh, is walking backstage and he hears, uh, he's on an interview, he hears that uh, his wife 
is back there jawing with me and him, and they go over, and then they are fighting backstage, and then Swerve Scott is back there, and first of all, it was Velveteen Dream, that's actually I should have known better, but it, it was Swerve back there, and he was trying to break them up, and then, uh, was that Shawn Michaels back there also? Probably, but, you know, they, you, you think they got to do a check on everybody now? Yeah. Every, every urban person, like, all right, so, uh, <laughs> let, me, let me just make sure. What have you done in the past five years? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. Uh, you're no, good you, to, all right, you can go out there. You're good to go. You're the yeah. closest one that resembles Level Team. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> go out there and do this. So now, next week, uh, on night two, we're going to have me and um, taking on Candice LeRae in the street fight. So, these women are doing double duty. Yeah, uh, so, it's official Candice is going to die, right? No, because, you know, Candice going to do some crazy, or, you know, depending on, because they're not going to have that Moxley and Cage match on the Fighter Fest. We'll, we'll get to that when we get to AEW. But, uh, she's not going to do the whole thumbtacks in the mouth super kick thing. We're, we're not getting what that. If she, what, what if she does a, uh, uh, the shoe with the thumbtacks on it, <laughs> and she does the soul food. Uh, oh, that will be drawing. I mean, she'll take it, but no. Nah. But I don't think I don't think will get that deep because I don't think Triple H's gonna want to get that nah. deep. But but however, nah. I would like to see some some divisions from them because me and him was good at street fights also. Yeah, that's, she's straight hood. The thing they do was uh, jump from the top rope to the floor. That's yeah. Uh, now we get uh, we're in the ring and then we got the cruiserweight champion Santos Escobar. You know, Ryan Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde in the ring. He talks about uh, how the Lucha Libre culture uh, used to rule the ring. It used to be something. Heroes are role models. And then, but all that has... Is this when the crowd started chanting that was Lucha or something about Lucha? Yeah, that is Lucha. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, that's uh, what I says is wrong. And then, um, you know, basically goes with Lucha to, to, to take off the mask. And then the crowd boos. But then... We uh, Drake Maverick comes down to the ring and wants to get all big and brave, and then he rushes in the ring to fight, gets beat up, and then uh, as Santos just looks on, and then uh, here comes Breezango to come uh, even up the odds between them, and then now at night two, Great American Bash is going to be a six-man tag team match player with Drake Maverick and uh, Breezango taking on you know Santos Escobar, and you know. All the rest. So basically, they got a free win. Yeah. Because there's no. I, I don't know. I thought when they first 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 put them together, I thought it's gonna be like a good tag team that mixed together. Of course, people they they was funny, but now they just idiots. <laughs> now they like Vulcan Skull or something. I don't like it. They that bad. They not, they not that bad. It's, it's not. It's not that. Uh, all not, right. They well, not that bad. Your boy Cameron Grimes is backstage. Uh, Will McKenzie and uh, it's like he's kind of blowing off the challenge by Damian Priest and he, he all he cares about is he wants to be a number one contender of the winner of the winner take all matchup because he's going to the moon okay as he walks off so we, we probably know that on night two we're probably going to get that rematch of Damian Priest and Cameron Grimes I know you can't stand that you can't care at all uh, of course, we got the coming soon for Mercedes Martinez, and then we get a, a thing for the winner take all. Now it's time for the for night one's main event: Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks, which, in my opinion, is probably going to go down is 
one of the best women's matches of the year or best matches of the year for 2020. So, it was a damn good matchup. You know, huh? the attire, it's almost like somebody made it especially for, for that person because I think that was like the greatest gear on the show. You're talking about for Sasha Banks? Yes. Oh yeah, I, I like that. I like that great American badge. She, she should have wore a pan Africa color. But I ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> Play. Um, yeah, I, I like the great American badge. Get it? She had on the red, white, and blue. Uh, Sasha goes for which I always think she's going to die, but she ends up turning into something. Goes for a sunset flip through the ropes and power bombs Io Shirai on the plexiglass and down to the floor. That was that was nice. Scary because every time I see Sasha running for them ropes, I all I think about is how she gonna kill herself. <clears throat> because Sasha just never gives herself enough launch sometimes. And I was there in Philly when she dove through the ropes and Oscar kicked her in the head and she kinda like fell on her head on the outside. I was like, Oh my god. I like I like that. I think they did that on purpose. She yeah. was supposed to fall like that, but I think her Landing early on purpose. That's, that's, that's yeah, good. I mean, I, I do agree. You know what I'm talking about, so I agree with that. So, uh, Bailey comes in to help Sasha uh, for a cheap shot, but then unfortunately, I, uh, for <laughs> then Asa appears out of nowhere ringside, and then uh, she hits Sasha Banks with the green miss. We finally see the green miss back, and then uh, the referee never sees it, and then uh, Bailey comes. What you say? They cover it too, like. Exactly. On, yeah. the, on the main roster, they just do it in every scene. He just like, oh, I'm assuming you just came in the ring looking like that. <laughs> NAT, they, they 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 like cover the face. Yeah, I like that. I do like that. Uh, then so it, uh oh, you got this on your face? I didn't see that two seconds ago. Well, I'm assuming yeah. nobody cheated, and I'm gonna just count. Eo uh, hits barely into the barricade. Then she goes for the moonsault on the back of Banks. And then turns yeah. over and hits the win. One, two, three. Io Shirai wins the match. Great ma- matchup by these two. And then uh, uh, the, the, the crowd, or the NXT crowd, it's like for her and Oscar. The paid, the, the paid. Yeah, the paid crowd. Roster, yeah. Uh-huh. And then um, she, you know, they, they basically you know, uh, c- c- celebrate in the ring as power goes off. So that was a way to end night one for a great American bash but we're not done yet because we gotta go across the uh, across the bay area put that plan line we go across Florida to fighter fest aew's fighter fest night one in Jacksonville Florida Daly's place and uh we're gonna get with uh, what they got so we starting off uh their matchup is Jurassic Express the Luchasaurus and jungle boy with Marco stud taking on MJF and warlord let all me right. tell Warlord. Alright, just real quick. Uh-huh. I'm tired of Marco Stud. I, I was just about to say the same thing. He is a he's like a little little gnat, little fruit fly. He's annoying as shit right now. At first it was cool to see him get like at first I looked at Marco Stunt like a sing brother. He's there to get beat up and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But now even the Sing brothers were, were better than this. And I'm like, it's now he's really getting annoying. Now, if he if he go to that era of Enzo, he was getting knocked out every week. Then that'd be that'd be funny. But. Oh, I mean, he he was he was getting knocked out. Uh, I'm still impressed that Warlow can do that step that, that step up Hurricane Rana so beautifully. Uh, Jungle Boy tries to go for it, and he gets power bomb for his likeness. Uh, then Marcus jumps on the back of Warlow, and then 
Orlo kicks Jungle Boy down and then tosses Margot's stunt into him. MJF gets out the ring of honor <laughs> and then tries to go and hit Luchasaurus, but then stops it stops right before he hit Warlow. Then they get pushed in. Before, uh, I forgot to mention, before the ring thing, they had a whole sequence of stuff. That was an indie sequence. I wasn't mad at it, but, you know, sometimes, like, I don't like how Luchasaurus, he jumps up and he, like, gives him a sit-down power bomb, but he jumps right back up and super kicks him and falls down. I'm just like, okay. I thought you saw the other sequence. Oh, no, okay. Well, then they both do the kip-up. I know about the yeah. kip-up. And then yeah. when uh, Warlord uh, and, and on the back, and Jungle Boy runs across the back and give MGF yeah. uh, a Canadian Destroyer, he said, it's yeah. a Super Canadian Destroyer Happy Canada Day. Jericho is great <laughs> on commentary. Yeah. And, and I, Jericho I was like, like a Canadian picnic table. It, as a <laughs> what a Canadian, you know, Jericho is great on commentary. But then as he, get, he gets to, goes from the ring on, he goes to try to hit him. And then Luchasaur pushes him into Warlow, so he actually hits him with, with the ring. Okay. And then, so he's he's now dazed. And then Jungle Boy hits this kind of uh, nice, kind of like springboard DDT, kind of like a springboard reverse kind of DDT. And then yeah. Luchasaurus goes for the choke slam. They win the matchup. Good opener. I like the opener. Yeah, Jericho was like, he was on fire all night. Uh, I think it's only one person that knows probably better than Jericho on commentary. Uh huh. It was more entertaining than Jericho. That's Black, Black Snow. I haven't heard Black Snow yet, or if I have, I haven't oh, heard it. Was. It's Booker T, but yeah. Oh, oh it was, it was, it was, is that what he called himself? Black Snow. Yeah. I'm dead. I'm oh, dead. Oh, the old Booker T. He's lining them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so now I know what I'm about to say. Yeah. I know he called himself Black Snow. Okay, your yeah, Booker T was oh, great. That was hilarious. I watched that full episode when they took over. Oh, man. Yeah. oh, main event mafia, man. The things we can talk about that. Uh, the, the Joey Janela and uh, is getting is getting oh uh, is brawling with Lance Archer with Jake Robinson standing there. Lance Archer. Yeah, so you <laughs> might get hit by Booker T. Oh, <laughs> so we gonna we gonna have that match uh, next week. Uh, then now it's gonna be a hardcore match because I could have he came out with like a leaf lure. It's gonna have to be. I'm not going to see George Janela versus Lance Archer in a regular match, and that's because of Lance Archer. But uh, we, we have the AEW Women's Championship matchup. Hakura Shida. Hakaru. Hakaru. Shida. Taking on uh, Penelope Ford. The best match Penelope Ford has had in AEW. Yeah. The Especially best for one, she don't get She don't get that many opportunities, and her uh, timing is be off. So this one, the timing was good. Everything was right. Yo, the move that I knew the timing was on point is when Sheeta went was going for the missile drop kick, and she did the Matrix. Oh yeah, and, and that's, her, I was that's like, her thing. That's her thing. In the Matrix. Yeah, I was like, oh, because her and Trish Stratus could really hit that really uh-huh. good. Liv, Liv tries it, but Liv's time be a little bit off. But 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 the, the whole Matrix thing was great. I was like, ooh, that yeah, is they, nice. She, she has timing on the timing issues on a couple things, but the thing she has down pat is the Matrix and that uh, apron hurricane rock. Yeah, and that's that's probably the thing she has down the most. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. Uh, Sheeta does hit a, uh, a Falcon Zero, but Penelope Ford kicks out, and then 
she go uh, Penelope Ford goes for I she goes for that that that, that springboard cutter that Jay Lethal does, and then she kicks out of that. Then we go for another Falcon Arrow, and then no, we we go for a knee to the front, a knee to the back, then a Falcon Arrow, and then Penelope Ford kicks out of that, and I was like, are they gonna do it? Are they really going to do now, it? I thought they were going to give her the fighting spirit. That's what I thought. Yeah, but they didn't give her she the fighting she spirit. Didn't, yeah, she didn't, she didn't do the fighting spirit. Yes, but then she hits another knee, and then uh, that's it for the penalty before. I was like, see, that's what I don't like. If you get two knees and a Falcon's there, you kick out of that, and then one more knee, I'm like, no. Nah. I can understand what they were doing with it. Like, I don't like... Uh... You get adrenaline, and the adrenaline wakes you up. Yeah. And then you get one hit, and you, just, you back down again. Well, speaking of speaking of your uh, adrenaline, Mister Diet, Mister Diet Coke himself, uh, Cody <laughs> for the Nightmare yes. Family <laughs> <laughs> takes on Jake Hager and his no, wife. No. Huh? You forgot it. You forgot a nickname that he that they just now added for no reason. Oh, the inner. Uh, so what's the what's the nickname for? Uh, for some reason, they added Rock Hard to the beginning of his name. The Rock Hard Jake. <laughs> yes. No. 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 Joe Ross was like, "That's what I said, Kane." So oh, wait, you're not Kane. You're Excalibur, Kane. So so this is Jericho Stone commentary. <laughs> this is the usual Cody defending for the championship kind of matchup. Oh. By the way, he came out with a Great American Bass shirt. It's kind of like a middle finger. Yes, <laughs> it is because you know his dad did definitely did create that, and they you know they definitely want their rights back. So just saying, but you know that's Cody for you. Uh, so it's a lot of old school wrestling here. Cody does the you know the jump up uh, cutter that he uh, that he does, and then I thought Hager really looked good in the matchup here. Uh, Cody gets slapped by Hager's wife. And then uh, the referee just, uh, was distracted because Arn Anderson's in there trying to fuss at the referee like he he, he slapped him. And then here come Dustin Rose down and then uh, hits Hager w- w- with something. And he's about to go for the crossroads, but Hager, Hager gets out, goes for the triangle hole, but then uh, Cody just like falls kind of like on top of him and gets the, the pinfall. Hager thinks he won, but Cody uh, is the one that wins. Yeah, he's the the winner at the end, and then Hager is pissed. He is pissed. I'm telling you. And ever since, <laughs> ever since that tournament, Cody said, "How can I make the worst finish of all time?" Yeah. And he talks <laughs> that every week. I'm telling you. No, this is still not better than, than being pinned by the figure four. It, it, this is not. I'm like Peyton Royce. What you doing? What are you doing, Peyton Royce? So. Uh, after that, uh, Hager hits down the referee, and we find out he gets fined for that action uh, later. I knew, I knew that referee was gonna get hit because he's not. A, I, I never seen him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, you, you got hit. Uh, I, I thought he was gonna take a bump in the middle of the match, not after. But you know, I got you. Yeah, but you know, so Cody retains at the championship, which is no surprise to me. Uh, we got freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. He brought a chair out to the broadcast table and puts his feet up. Jericho's losing his stuff. He's like, I'm going to beat that dipshit next week. <laughs> so Jericho is just freaking I'm out. I'm like, no. He's freaking out because <laughs> Arch Cassidy 
is right uh, oh, right there. So now we get Private Party versus Santana and Ortiz of the Inner Circle. Uh, which, I'm not feeling that new thing. So. Yeah, you, I, I, I don't like it either. I think I like the old one better. Yeah, it's a problem. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, so now, I think Private Party has starting to get back into the, the, the swing of things now. And once again, that they, they they do the whole tag team thing that they do, and I thought I thought that was really good. Uh, they uh, Santana hits that leaping uh, helo cannonball to the corner on Mark Quinn. Uh, then as they, they, they try to take the little sock thing, Matt Hardy takes it from them, and then I like how Matt Hardy was cosplaying as Matt Hardy P.S. Hayes. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I don't know what Michael Hayes wore that with, with, with a bag of jeans and that tight shirt. I, I remember that 1999 era. Uh, uh-huh. And then, then uh, post the picture, say, time is a circle. Yes. Okay. Uh, so after after the distraction, uh, they fall back. Isaiah Cassie goes and hits a uh, spin DDT on uh, Ortiz. They put Santana on the top rope. And then they hit the beautiful gin and juice finisher. And I was like, I think Private Party is back because they was botching a lot. But, uh, yeah, they're back. I think as far as pushing goes, they might get it because they've been on BTE by every week. Yeah. Every single week. Oh, yeah. I, so, well, so, some I of the dark people it. are coming up there. Like, Sunny Kiss is getting time now. You know. On, well, yeah, well, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about BTE, like, the elite. Like, they, oh. you know, they got, like, a, yeah, you know how the people, they, I don't say they have like an inner circle, not, yeah. not a big, you know. But you know, they have a group of people that be that they be around. Private party on there every week. Uh huh. So, so they might just be giving them a push eventually. Yeah. So there, there we go. So Jericho is now losing his shit because uh, the inner circle uh, Ortiz and uh, Santana lost the matchup. Uh, they they have uh Isaiah Cassie dance in front of him. He was like, "You want to dance? Get away from me with that!" And then he said, "Here, he do some of that Orange Cassidy." And then he just shrugged it off, and it made Jericho piss. He he walked from the back of the announce table, trying to hit Orange Cassidy. They had to break him up. Pineapple Pete, everybody called. He was like, "Next week, next week." I love yeah, Jericho. Pineapple man. came. Pineapple Pete came out and only held two fingers on him. Is it? <laughs> Oh, yo, that whole stuff was hilarious, and then Jericho really losing his stuff with Orange Cassidy. I think that thing is hilarious. I can't wait to see the. Uh, That's funny because he's like, "Don't, don't, don't be coming at that doing them kicks," and he did them kicks, and he just got more upset. Exactly. So, uh, Taz and uh, Brian Cage is out because they're supposed Who to. Who can stop the path of Cage? Yeah, they uh, were supposed to. Have a match with Moxley next week, yeah. but we know what's happening with Moxley, and they got to go for the fourteen day quarantine. Plus, like I said, I've had it. You might want to do the extra extra seven to make sure it's really out your body. So they're going to have the championship match at Fight for the Fallen, which is on July uh, July fifteenth. The next week after week yeah, two, so. exactly. So I was like, we got three weeks. So you know what that means. Uh, we, we're going to have I see NXT Bash at the Beach. <laughs> 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 we have NXT Bash at the beach on, on July fifteenth. That's, what, that's what's going to happen. Yep. So uh, we'll have, like Oscar EO, Oscar and EO versus Bailey and Sasha. Yeah, so, it's going to be it's going to be so crazy. Well, we don't know what they're doing over there on, on, at that sloppy shop. So, 
Uh, it's time for the main event of night one for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. And we have the best friends taking on Kenny Omega <laughs> and uh, Hangman Page. The I, best, I know you love that entrance. No, the, here, the best friends drive up in this fucking minivan. Trent's mom is bringing them in. And they come out all excited. I'm like, I, I hate the best. I so hate it. And then he's trying to get his mean mug on. He's like, she's like, come here. I need a kiss. I'm like, fuck it all. Fuck it all. Yeah, the, uh, everybody on, on social media was like, yeah, I, I kind of dig it. I was like, mm, no, no, because I'm not digging it. Now, now going to miss I'm not digging best friends. So I'm just, I, I, look, FTR is out there in lawn chairs. And I'm saying, even if I did though, like if Orange Cassidy would have came out like that, I would not have like so. It's just that interest. You're right. Uh, FTR is out there, and uh, they, uh, they I still ha- think they dropped the ball without calling them top guys. But I agree with you on that one. And they're out there drinking beer with gum. I'm like, that's gross. But okay, and they said the winner of this match will face Private Party next week. Is is that what Jim Ross said? Uh, he probably he probably I I, I try to talk him out. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, you didn't get this man a chance at all. Uh, Hangman escape uh, as Trent was trying to like, try to go for a sunset flip and hits his old finisher on him. He didn't really get all of it, but so I can understand why he kicked out. And then he goes for the buckshot lariat on Trent, takes Trent down. Beats the best friends as they should have. And then after the matchup, FTR comes into the ring and gives both of them beers, Hangman and Kenny Omega. Now, we all know Kenny Omega don't drink, so Hangman drinking his beer, and Kenny Omega's act like he's going to drink it, then pours it out. FTR is going to even even in the storyline, he knows that he doesn't do that. Why even give it to him in the first place? Exactly. I I, I don't get it because they knew he was gonna pour it out. So now they get all mad. Then the young bucks come down there and try, try to break everything up. It looks like Hangman's getting the Kenny Omega face. Like, why'd you waste all that good beer? And then so <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that sounds like that's all him. That sounds <laughs> like a reason. So there you have it. Because uh, next week we're gonna get that huge eight man tag, which I think is gonna be incredible. So. Uh, it depends on how good the butcher made it. Yeah, you're right. That, so good. here we go. Who wins for night one of Great American Bash versus Fighter Fest? I might start with you, Brian. I'm giving the NXT this week. I am giving the NXT this week too. I think part one of the Great American Bash, which was not in the plan months ago, Triple H was better than Fighter Fest part one. What are you one. talking about? <laughs> they had that ain't bash at the beach yeah. all three weeks in a row. What are you all three about? weeks in a row. I'm telling you, it's happening. If they had bash at the beach, bro, I'm telling you, I'm dying. I'm dying <laughs> laughing. Like, I called that joint. So, uh, yeah, I'm giving it to NXT. I think NXT had a had a more complete show, and also NXT helped build to things for next week. Which I think AEW uh, have more of a pro- the production, like the presentation of this is a pay per view on TV. Type of thing, but yeah. they like didn't. They had a couple of good matches, but like the the, the restaurant match didn't really do good, and the hanger match didn't really. Yeah, it was a usual Cody type of thing, but yeah, I, I think NXT really, really delivered. I think their main event was a little bit better. Oh yeah, so, with, Io, with Io and Sasha, so probably was one of the best matches throughout the whole week. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what how how they going to do because night one because I can't Keith Lee and Adam Cole going to be awesome. Okay, so and and they beat him in the ratings, so 
that that was the Wednesday Night War, guys. So you can post down below who you guys thought won between uh, Great American Bash or Fighter Fest, and we're going to gear up and get ready for. Uh, night two, and this time, I, I think what I want to do, Prime, is instead of waiting until the podcast comes out like it usually does, and then wait a whole another week, I, I want to see if you watch a watch Wednesday Night War on Wednesday. I want to do the review that either that night or Thursday morning kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool with me. Yeah, because I want to try to get that out and kind of like my raw SmackDown reviews. All right, guys. Follow so, me. huh? Yeah, thanks. Uh, so that is um. It for the uh, No Gimme Seated Wrestling Podcast. Like I said, Q-Flow was with us in the beginning part of it. I appreciate you, Q-Flow. And then Primetime, it came and joined me for this one. So I, I it ended out strong. So make sure you guys check out SpacesPhilly.com, the Dutch Club we are a part of. Make sure you guys uh, also check out uh, the TheRealNerdCoalition.com. And check out all the podcasts as on Spaces Philly as well. Also, with both sides, Lulu and Pop, Lulu and Pop Horror Show. Check out the Nerd Coalition's content from No Gimmicks Needed, Wrestling Podcast, Nerdgasm Talk, Turntable, Tip About Culture, and Beyond, Drunk Dog, Sober Tongues, Ballers Dives Podcast. Check out all that great stuff. And uh, make sure you guys stay tuned on Nerd Coalition because, like I said, we got we got gameplay coming this weekend because I, I paused the gameplay because of what was going on with Evo and all that stuff last weekend. And then we're going to go back into... Um, you know, the swing of things this weekend. So make sure you guys check out all that great stuff that we have planned for you. And uh, uh, since, since we got new Power Ranger DLC coming out, I want to do some Power Ranger talk. So make sure you check out stay tuned for that stuff. But uh, that's it for the podcast, guys. Uh, you know, be be nice to each other, man. You know, we we, we got to live in this world together, and we got to get through all this stuff that's going on together. So make sure try to go out there and love each other, man. Ain't, ain't no room for all this hate. It really is. So. Uh, once again, this is NC in the place to be chosen to understand the and not the answer but prime time. I'm Black Snow. <laughs> and then the man of myth and reality, Q Flow, Flow the Rookie, wherever you are at. He's gonna say it's been real, y'all. <laughs> Take us out. to your ears welcome to the show we don't need any gimmicks you already know so sit back relax and hit the like button go and share with your friends and keep the likes coming swag on trivia and prompts top five either way it's fun and you're hearing it live join with your host mr a and e yeah you know it's the place to be snc Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Bathfitter.